Bibles. Happy Mother's Day, mothers. You are a blessing. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Where would we be without our mothers? Right? <laughs> if you have your Bibles, open them up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Hallelujah. Say thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 simply says this. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, I like that. Hallelujah. Today I want to talk about the realm of faith. The realm of faith. That just kept coming to me as I was in prayer this week. Just that one title. The realm of faith. What does it mean to live by faith? What are the blessings of walking by faith as a Christian and so forth? You know, the kingdom of God is spiritual. Did you know that? The kingdom of God is spiritual. Good to see my brother Chris and Siobhan over there. Hallelujah. Praise God. The kingdom of God is spiritual. It resides in the spirit realm. In fact, the word says that the kingdom of God is within you as a Christian. Where do you think it is in you? Where? In your spirit. In your spirit, man. The kingdom of God is spiritual. And the word of God says that we as Christians are to walk by faith and not by sight. We are to live every aspect of our life on this earth by faith. Every aspect. Say every aspect. Now, in my personal uh, prayer time with the Lord, apart from just wanting more intimacy with him and to know him more, I've been crying out to God. I say, Lord, open my spiritual eyes and ears to a greater dimension, to a greater level than I've ever walked in before. And I specifically, there's times when I'm praying in tongues, praying in the spirit, my prayer language, and I'm walking back and forth, and this flew right out of my mouth without me even thinking. Lord, help me to break through this natural, physical realm. I want to break through. I want to see beyond what my natural eyes see. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you, there is a fire in me for this. I want to see. I want to see beyond the natural. I mean, for crying out loud, the world sees the natural. The sinner sees what's in the natural. I want to go beyond that. I want to experience the glory realm. I want to go higher than I've ever gone before. If you're with me, say amen. amen. So I've been asking my Heavenly Father to teach me about the realm of the Spirit. To give me more revelation of His kingdom. More revelation, more illumination about the keys to the kingdom. How to loose His anointing and power in a greater way in my life. I want more revelation. More illumination, more anointing on my life. I want to experience more of the power of God. Are you hearing me? I want to experience more of his glory, more of his manifest presence. I've got to have more of him. There's a holy dissatisfaction on the inside of me. 
And I know it's not just me, it's the body of Christ. God is stirring up the body of Christ. He's stirring them up. Why? Because he's got more for us. Say more. I'm on a holy pursuit of, for his manifest presence. I will not let go until he blesses me. I'm telling you, more revelation, more revelation of him, more revelation of his kingdom. I'm telling you right now, if we will just press in and, and not let anything in the natural stop us, nothing hinder us, he is going to answer. He's going to. Oh, he wants to take us so much higher. But listen, if we're going to experience the benefits and the blessings of the new covenant through Jesus Christ, we are going to have to go beyond the natural or the physical realm. Yes, sir. We've got to. We must go beyond our spiritual and natural comfort zones if we're going to step in to the realm of faith that God desires for his people to go. Oh, I... I I, I just got off of a three-day fast. I'll tell you what, if you want to break through, if you want to more intimacy with the Lord, <laughs> go on a fast, fasting and prayer. I'll tell you right now. Oh, my goodness. I have become so much more sensitive, so much more. How many of you know when, when you're kind of, your heart's, you know, you're a little dry spiritually or a lot dry spiritually, when you start to pray, it's kind of boring to you. You know what I'm talking about? It's kind of boring. It's just, uh, you know, you end up falling asleep or whatever. But I'll tell you right now, you want to break that thing? You want to break the back of that? Fast. Fast. Because I'll tell you right now, it don't, I could just belt out one syllable in tongues. Whew, and I'm feeling the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. The glory of God can only be experienced in the realm of faith to its fullest degree. In a sense, we as Christians must be blinded to the natural realm. We as Christians, listen to me, in a sense, we must be blinded to the natural realm. What do I mean by that? I'm talking about staying focused on what the Word of God says about your situation your circumstance, and not what you see with your natural eye, not what you're hearing with your natural ear. Are you hearing me? Go to Romans chapter 4. Hallelujah. Say breakthrough. We've got to break through. We have got to break through. This is not an option. We as believers... If, if you want to be used and, and fulfill the purpose that God has for you in your life, we've got to break through. Or else you're going to live a mediocre Christian life. You're going to live in depression. You're going to live in heaviness. You're going to take whatever the world and the devil has to throw at you. We've got to go higher. We've got to. Romans 4, 19 through 20, 22. This is about Abraham. And not being weak in faith, he, Abraham, did not consider his own body already dead. I'm glad you guys are here. His own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced. 
that what he, God, had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him, to Abraham, for righteousness. Listen to me. Abraham did not consider his own body. When God spoke to him, he didn't even give it a thought. He didn't consider it. He was about 100 years old. He didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb even. That was not about to throw him off course and discourage him. He knew and held the conviction that God, that, that what God said, said so, it would come to pass. And listen, it overrided all contrary evidence in the natural realm. Are you hearing me? Say override. Oh, hallelujah. It's your faith that overrides what's going on in the natural. It's got, to, it's got to override. It's got to as a Christian. And Abraham, it said, gave glory to God. You know what? He gave glory to God before he seen it take place in the natural realm. He was convinced simply by the word that God spoke to him. And God said, the word of God says, it was counted to Abraham for righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, there are two kinds of Christians on this earth. Spiritual and carnal. The spiritual Christian focuses on spiritual things, such as the word of God, faith, the joy of the Lord. Anything the word has to offer, that's the spiritual Christian. Listen to me. The carnal Christian focuses on carnal on carnal or fleshly things. They focus on worldliness. On, they focus on what they're seeing only with their natural eye. They focus on negativity. They focus on doubt. But listen to me. Everything in the kingdom of God, all of the blessings, all of the benefits of the gospel reside in the spirit realm. And they must be transferred into the natural realm or physical realm by faith. Listen to me. Everything in the kingdom of God, every blessing that belongs to us, first resides in the realm of the spirit. And it's got to be transferred. Go to Ephesians 1. Say divine transfer. By my faith. Ephesians 1, 3, I want to prove this to you. Everything, all the benefits of salvation, are first, they first reside in the spirit realm. <laughs> Listen to this. Ephesians 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, has blessed us, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We as Christians have been blessed with every spiritual blessing legally. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly or spiritual places in Christ, that literally means. I want you to notice this. That Ephesians 1.3 here doesn't say anything about the blessing being manifested in the natural realm. Did you catch that? It doesn't say one thing. What is, what is the whole context of this? The spiritual 
the spirit realm. Doesn't say one thing about natural realm in that scripture, does it? That's because Jesus Christ has made the spiritual provision available for the Christian. Whether it's healing, whether it's prosperity, whether it's deliverance, whether it's protection, and so on. But we must take hold of the promises and the provision by faith. They must be transferred or manifested over into the natural realm for you to take advantage of it. Are you hearing me? Every blessing that belongs to us through Jesus Christ begins as a spiritual seed. And it must be watered by our faith. Every blessing is a spiritual seed in Christ. It's a spiritual seed and it must be watered by our faith. Listen, even prosperity is a spiritual thing. Even prosperity is a spiritual thing. Because the blessing, listen to me, the blessing is not the money. The blessing is not the money. The blessing is the favor of God which causes the money to come in. I'm, we got to get our minds straight on that. The Lord, the Holy Ghost made that very clear to me. Very clear. The money's not the blessing. That's just a manifestation of the favor of God on your life. Well, but listen, listen to me. But some are saying, yeah, but there are unbelievers, sinners that are living in prosperity. No, no, no. They have money, but they're not living in prosperity. Now follow me here, listen to me. Why then are there so many rich people around the world, movie stars, musicians, that have and are committing suicide right now? And their bank account is fat. They have money, but not biblical prosperity. Because the word of God says in Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord, or favor, makes one rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. That's biblical prosperity. It goes beyond the money aspect. It also includes peace, joy, right standing with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. It covers every aspect of your life. Say, I want the favor of God. Now, here is a perfect example of the realm of faith for us as Christians. The economy right now is terrible, terrible in the natural, isn't it? In the natural, it is horrible, especially in Michigan. But the Bible says this. He said this, that we as Christians were in the world, but we're not to be of the world. Right. Didn't he say that? Right. Listen to me. Listen to me. So the condition of the economy, I'm talking about the realm of faith today. The condition of the economy should not determine our giving to the kingdom of God and to the Lord's work. You're in the world, but you shouldn't be of the world. Let me ask you this. Whose economy do you want to be placed under? Oh, the Holy Ghost revealed this to me. Oh my, he illuminated this. Whose economy do you want to be under? Do you want God's economy or the world's economy? I'm talking to Christians right now. 
I'm talking to Christians, not the unbeliever. I'm talking to Christians. Because the Lord revealed this to me in such a powerful way. The Lord said this. The Lord said, if you want to be under my economy, the economy where I own the cattle on a thousand hills, I shall supply all of your need according to my riches and glory. The Lord said this, you got to do it my way. You must give your tithes, offerings, and help the poor. You must advance my kingdom, God said. When you do that, you're placing, you're positioning yourself under God's economy. However, if you want to position yourself as a Christian under the world's economy and be at the mercy of the world and the devil, then don't tithe, don't give offerings, and don't give to the, fo- to the poor. Are you hearing me? Who wants to be under God's economy? Then you got to follow his instructions. you got to do it his way. I mean, if you have knowledge, listen, if you're a Christian in this place, and you do have the knowledge, because some people, they're ignorant of it, they don't have the knowledge of, of what God says in his word about giving, tithes, offerings, and helping the poor. But if you have knowledge of giving from God's word, and you're not tithing, you're not giving offerings to the Lord. I'm not just talking here at RCC. I'm just talking helping his kingdom, promoting, advancing his kingdom. Then you have a problem, come on, with unbelief in God's word. It is. It's a faith thing. We can't talk about the realm of faith without the area of giving. You have a problem with unbelief in the area of giving. And that prevents or holds back the blessings of the gospel from coming into your life. Well, tithing's not, was only under the, under the uh, covenant of Moses and all that and all that. You know what? No, tithing was way before the law of Moses, by the way. It started with Abraham. So you know what? You can go ahead and believe that, but guess what? You're at the mercy of the world's economy then. And don't come crying to God because he's already told us what we can do. Let's, tr- let's face it. I mean, isn't that faith? When, when Even when circumstances t- totally contradict giving to the work of the Lord. Because man, oh man, look at this economy. I got bills. I got this. But God says, honor me with your substance. Honor me with your first, first fruits and I will fill your barn. Amen. It will overflow, he said. So isn't that faith? You can't talk about the realm of faith without the area of giving. I mean, God, God wants to get this point so, so hammered into us. And he even goes and he says, try me now at this. God's just saying, watch what I'm going to do if you will simply follow my instructions and I will carry you through and you will be under my economy, says the Lord. Amen? But those people who don't do it, they're allowing their natural mind Fear and unbelief to lead them into the ditch spiritually. Matthew 6.33, powerful scripture. Jesus said this, and he still says it. You know, we always say Jesus said, but guess what? He's still saying it because it's in the word of God, amen? Jesus said and still says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know what righteousness means? His way of doing things. And all these things shall be added unto you. The context is that every need for your life will be provided for. 
Listen, the kingdom of God will not agree with your natural, fleshly, and worldly mindsets. God gives us commands and instructions in the word of God that will reveal what's really in our heart. He causes our natural mind to stumble that it will reveal what's in our heart. Did you hear me? Either unbelief toward him as a Christian or faith. Either the love of God or the love of the world. I think we as Christians, we try to shove in sugar, we try to sugarcoat this thing and, and we try to shove it under the rug, but it's so true. Are you ready for this truth? Unbelief is sin. Unbelief is sin. Say, say, unbelief is sin. I, listen, I'm not just talking to, of course, unbelief, a sinner who's not made Jesus Lord of their life. Is sin, of course, they're still in their sin. But unbelief, if you can't trust God and in, in to, to be a doer of his word, it's unbelief and it's sin. Sin will hold back the blessings of God in your life. Any form of unbelief toward God and his word is sin for us as Christians. Now, do you understand, listen to me, when you obey the word of God, and specifically in the area of giving, do you understand that God will move heaven and earth, he will move sinners, he will move upon your enemies to bless you? Do you understand that? We serve a supernatural God. He will shake anything that can be shaken to bring the blessing to your life. When you obey him, when you put him first, when you Seek first the kingdom of God. See, the blessings of the gospel always originate in the spirit realm. That's why they're called spiritual blessings. Why? Why is that? Listen, I just want to give you some food for thought here. Did you know that you, first and foremost, are a spiritual being? This physical body... Is simply your earth suit. Your spirit man. You are a spirit being. The spirit realm is the root of everything. Did you know that? It's the root of everything on this earth. In fact, that which is seen in the physical, in the natural, has been made from that which is not seen. The Bible says... The physical realm is simply a picture of the spiritual realm. The spirit realm existed before the natural physical realm. I'm trying to prove to you that everything originates in the realm of the spirit. Guess what? To bring the blessings in the natural, you've got to do something in the realm of the spirit. Are you hearing me? It all starts with the heart. Say this, it all starts with my heart. And Jesus Christ came to this earth. I don't know if you know it or not, but Jesus Christ came to this earth to solve a spiritual problem. It wasn't some natural problem. He came to this earth to solve a spiritual problem. And that spiritual problem is sin. 
See, the curse entered the earth through the sin of Adam. And Jesus came to reverse the curse. I like that phrase, don't you? Say reverse the curse. Jesus proved that even physical healing, a benefit of the gospel, that even physical healing is a spiritual blessing. He proved it when he was healing a man. And he told the man, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. Well, this upset the the Pharisees and, and all of the dead religious people. But then Jesus said something that gave us a key that this was a spiritual thing. He said, what's easier to say, your sins are forgiven you or to rise up and walk? He's saying because it all starts in the realm of the Spirit. Are you hearing me? Oh, hallelujah. I'm feeling good today. It was a spiritual blessing that was going to manifest in this physical realm for that man. Consider this fact. Here's another food for thought. When we ignore the spiritual aspect of our life, when we ignore the spiritual and focus only on the natural, we are going against the very core of our nature. Because I said we're first and foremost a spirit being. And when we only focus on what we see, we're going against our our very nature. That's why when we focus on only the natural... That's why fear, doubt, and unbelief come when we focus on the natural. Because we're totally out of whack. We're first and foremost a spirit being. Hallelujah. Go to Galatians 3, 13 through 14. Hallelujah. Jesus came to solve a spiritual problem. Everything originates. In the realm of the spirit. Now you can see why I've been crying out. God, show me, teach me about the realm of the spirit. Because that's where everything originates. Are you hearing me? Lord, show me the keys to the kingdom of God. Reveal more to me. Because everything, everything originates in the spirit. Galatians 3, 13 through 14 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Well, Jesus hung on a tree, the cross. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Jesus came to remove the curse of the law, the curse of sin through his death, burial, and resurrection. To all that will put their faith in him. This is a spiritual remedy remedy that Jesus provided. Everything on this earth has a spiritual root. Everything. Everything. Oh, hallelujah. Something's stirring in me here. Jesus made a spiritual provision to put us in right standing with God. Through him, which qualifies us to be partakers of the blessing of Abraham. Which is a spiritual blessing, by the way, that has manifestations in the natural. Listen to me. I I know this might be deep for some, but just chew on it. Get the free CD in the back afterwards. Just chew on it. And to walk in the realm of faith and the fullness of the blessings. You must know, listen, 
you must know and be confident of who you are in Jesus Christ as a Christian. If there is one thing that Satan and evil spirits try to hinder, it's the revelation of who you are in Christ. Oh, there's power in that. How you are seated with Jesus in the heavenly places. How Jesus has made you righteous through faith in him. The list goes on and on. Next, listen to this. The realm of faith. I know I'm, I'm just throwing it out at you, man. I'm scattering here. The realm of faith is a place of intimacy with our Heavenly Father. You, you can't separate in, intimacy from faith in the New Covenant. Now, in the Old Covenant, you could. Why? Because it was simply outward rituals. And, man, and you know what I'm saying? Just rituals. Under the New Covenant, you can't separate faith. Intimacy from faith. And this level of intimacy in your relationship with the Lord will cause you to break forth in praise and worship to God. Oh, hallelujah. You can't talk about the realm of faith without praise and worship. We talked about this in the men's ministry yesterday. When you praise and worship God, listen to me, it makes the devil and evil spirits furious. Especially, especially, listen to me, especially when you begin to praise and worship God in your trials. All that just fury infuriates the devil. Why? Why, why, why? Because when you praise and worship the Lord, you're taking your focus off of the natural circumstances and putting them on the spiritual. The devil hates that. The devil knows if he can keep you focused on the natural realm. <laughs> if he can keep you focused on what you see with your physical eye. What you're hearing with your physical ear. He knows he has the upper hand. My, my, my. You begin to enter the realm of faith. With praise and worship to God. And according to Hebrews 11.6. That faith pleases God. And that is where miracles begin to happen. That is where your deliverance is birthed out of. Intimacy with God. That praise and worship with God. Acts 16 is a beautiful picture of that truth. Where Paul and Silas were sitting in a prison. They were thrown in prison for preaching the gospel. And the Bible says at midnight. Say midnight. They began to praise and worship God. Oh, and then the Bible goes on to say, and that, oh, hallelujah, that place was shaken. The chains fell off. The prisoners were set free. Why? Because Paul and Silas lived the Christian life in the realm of faith. And they seen, because they lived it in the realm of faith, they seen and they experienced the power, the presence, the glory of God. The realm of faith. To take hold of the spiritual blessings of the gospel, you must be spiritually minded. You must, as the Bible says, walk in the spirit. By allowing your born again spirit man with the help of the Holy Ghost on the inside. To dominate every area of your life. You need to be radical enough. Say radical. Radical. 
You need to be radical enough to allow the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit to override. To override your natural, worldly, and fleshly thinking. Go to Luke 9. This is powerful. Luke chapter 9. Are you getting anything out of this today? Do you see why we need to cry out, Lord, teach me about the realm of the Spirit. Oh, my. Luke 9, 62, powerful. But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. I find it interesting that Jesus talks about being fit for the kingdom of God. Well, I just read earlier in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that we walk by faith and not by sight. So friends, how do we get fit? How do we get in shape spiritually for the kingdom of God? By exercising our faith in God's word. Did you catch that? He who looks back, you're not fit. You're not in shape enough. If you're looking back. How do you get fit? Exercise your faith. Say exercise. Exercise your faith in God's word. Let me ask you this. How fit? How spiritually in shape are you today? We all got to answer that question. Now, my last points here. The blessings of the realm of the spirit or the kingdom of God can only be tapped into or accessed into by faith. And the fruit of that faith becomes an outward manifestation in the natural realm. I want to just real quickly break down different aspects of faith. Just quickly here. As far as I see right now in my study with God's word, there are three sides to faith. I say that's what I see right now. Who knows? I mean, the Lord could open up, give revelation of more stuff. How many of you know that there's progressive revelation on these things? All the, the knowledge of, of what's in this book right here, it, it takes time for God to, uh, to reveal this to us. Amen? But as of right now in my walk with the Lord, I see three sides of faith. That faith manifests, manifests itself in thought, word, and deed. Three sides of faith. Thought, your thought life, word, and deed. First, faith will first of all manifest itself in your thought life. You see, the seed of God's word must be planted in your heart and then watered by meditating on the word. Look at Philippians 4.8. I want to show you something here. Listen to me. I'm talking about the realm of faith. See, it even goes beyond just, I mean, this thing gets real practical. Do you want to have good success and be promoted at your job? Be a doer of the word. Do you want a good marriage? Be a doer of the word. Put Ephesians chapter 5 into action. Are you hearing me? I mean, I'm telling you, faith is so practical. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, 
if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate. Think upon these things. I'll tell you right now, everything in the Word of God, all the promises and the blessings fit into that category. Meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. The realm of faith demands of us not to consider or meditate upon anything that's contrary to the Word of God. Now, I'm not getting kooky on it. We don't deny the circumstance. We don't deny we're in a trial. Are you hearing me? We don't deny it. But we don't have to meditate. We don't have to give place to those fears or doubt in our life. I said it before. You don't have to make a runway on your heart for fear to land. Are you hearing me? Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. I want to pull out that sound mind thing right now. The Greek word that's translated sound mind means to have a disciplined thought life. Fear means that you have an out of control thought life. Now, this is in the context of contrasting a spirit of fear with the Holy Ghost. In other words, if we truly are giving place to the Holy Spirit in our life, He will help us guard our thought life. But we must give place to Him. He's called the helper, not the doer. The Bible says in James that we are to be the doers of the Word. He's simply one called alongside to help. He's our buddy. Don't you like that? He's our buddy. He won't do it. We are to be the doers of the word, which I'll get into in a moment. Hallelujah. Now, next, faith will manifest itself in the words that we speak. What's coming out of your mouth? Jesus said that the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your mouth will expose your heart. Whether it's filled with faith or whether it's filled with unbelief. Whether it's filled with righteousness or whether it's filled with guile. Are you hearing me? Speaking the word of God and speaking faith confessions that line up with the word of God is one way to release your faith. We must release our faith. Say, I must release my faith. We must give voice to the word of God. In fact, when we do so, uh, Psalms 103.20 tells us that angels, the angels of God, hearken unto the voice of the Lord. And they are literally dispatched on our behalf to minister in that situation, in that circumstance. We need to send the word. We need to send it. You send it by speaking it. Uh, that's a whole other sermon when you get into talk, speaking the word of God. Go to Joshua 1.8. I'm telling you what. Speaking the word. Speaking the word is extremely powerful. Well, now you're getting into that word of faith stuff. Well, guess what? It's Bible stuff. It's Bible stuff. It's Bible stuff. See, God, I'm telling you, God will tell us and give us instructions to do something that makes our natural mind stumble. That it may reveal our heart. You think that's foolishness? Well, then you probably think the cross is foolishness. And guess what? You're not saved then, the Bible says. Are you hearing me? J uh, Joshua 1.8. 
This book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Meditation of the word of God includes the thought life and then speaking it out loud. That's true biblical meditation. That it becomes so full, your heart becomes so full of the word of God and faith, it spills out of your mouth. It spews out of your mouth like a double-edged sword toward the enemy. Are you hearing me? Oh, hallelujah. It says, then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. It, it almost seems as if, can you picture this? You're meditating on the word in your heart. That's number one, the thought life. You're meditating in the heart. Then your heart becomes so filled, the speaking word. Faith manifests itself in word. And it says that you will make your way prosperous. That you may do. There's deed. You see the progression? Thought life, be every, everything begins in the thought life. Thought life, speak it out so you may do. Thought life, or in your, in your heart, thought life, speak it out that you may do. Then you will have good success. When it's in your thought life and it comes out of your mouth, can you picture this? You're speaking the word and it's almost as if God says, go and open the way of prosperity and blessing for that individual right now. And it's almost like God sends the angels of God to prepare the way, to move away every hindrance. And then you'll have good success. Are you hearing me? I mentioned it, but faith, the last part, faith will always, always manifest itself in deeds or actions. James 2.22. James 2.22 says this. But do, you, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? I've I never seen this before, but think about it. If you have faith and you don't have works to back it up, you're foolish. Don't you, he's talking to someone who's obviously who's not, doesn't have the works to go with their faith as the power twins. He said, don't you know, oh foolish man. See, it's not true faith if there's no action behind it. If you truly believe what the word of God says and commands, you will do it with no hesitation, hands down, I'm going to obey the word. I'm going to be a doer of the word. Now, this, I found this interesting. I found this extremely interesting. The Word of God says in Ecclesiastes that a threefold cord is not easily broken. Does it not? You know that scripture? A threefold cord. If we're going to live our life in the realm of faith and in the power of God, the manifest presence and glory of God, all three of these aspects of faith must be active in your life. Because a threefold cord's not easily broken. Thought, word, and deed. That's what it truly means to live and walk by faith as a Christian. So, people, let's get ready. We need to get ready to go higher spiritually than we've ever gone before. It's time that we step into, come on, the realm of faith. Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 
Do you believe the Word of God? Will you believe it even in your trial? Will you believe it even though your natural mind, even though the devil, even though the world says, you can't do that? Will you believe the Word? I ask you the same question. Have you believed our report? God, who has believed our report? God's looking for people who have radical faith. People who will honor him in faith, in thought, in word, and in deed. Now, maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. You're on the outside, you're looking in. And today you want to make Jesus Lord of your life. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward. I want you to take a step out of your seat, of that aisle, and I want you to come forward and I want to pray with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Only the love of God, yes, only the love of God can satisfy you. You need to trust Him. Maybe there's someone here you, you made Jesus Lord of your life a while back, but guess what? You, during, even during this message, you realize you have taken Jesus out of the priority seat of your life and you let the world come in. You let money come in. You let everything else come in except for Jesus. I'll tell you right now, Jesus wants to come in. He's knocking on the door of your heart today. If any man will open up, I will come in. He wants the seat of your heart. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, I want you to come forward today. And if you have never received the Holy Spirit baptism, just very simply, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to simply say this. Say this prayer with me right now. Heavenly Father, you said, if I asked for your Holy Spirit, you would give him to me. That you would not give me a serpent. You will not give me a stone. You will not give me anything from the enemy, but that you would give me the Holy Ghost. I ask you now to baptize me, immerse me, fill me afresh with your Holy Ghost right now. Now, if there's anyone who needs a physical healing, emotional healing, you feel like you need deliverance, you feel like you're bound by a demon or demons, you need to come forward and get prayed for. But listen to me, the rest of you, if you feel this stirring inside your spirit, man, you feel the stirring like I've been feeling, Lord, teach me about the realm of the Spirit. Open my spiritual eyes and ears. I want to move with you. I don't want to kick against you. I don't want to hinder what you're doing. I want to move with you. I want to flow with you. I want more revelation. If that's you, I want you to come to this altar. Those who need prayer for those four things, come over here by the baptismal. The rest of you, the altar is open. Worship the Lord. What I have
have to say is obvious and knowledge free for all of us are. Your word leaves us with no excuse. The paths we choose make us who we are. There's a breeze blowing
Who else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Powerful anointing up here. Flood every corner of this room. Flood all the emptiness with you. Lord, I long to be consumed, and I'm calling for a flood. So flood every chamber of my heart. Flood what I lack with all you are. I am dry and I am parched, and I'm calling for a flood. Ooh, I am calling for a flood. Holy Spirit, flow completely immerse me. Yeah, I'm longing for a flood of holiness to watch me now. Hear me, Lord, I'm calling for a flood. Now flood.
Praise God. Were you blessed by the presence of the Lord today? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. My, my, my. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Shandabosidi.